Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Our guest today is my dear friend. She's laughing already. I can see her. My dear friend, Chef Debbie Dubs from Deb's Kitchen. Now, the reason that she's laughing, I'm assuming the reason she's laughing is, Debbie, how long have we known each other? <laughs> I was trying to remember. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember when I didn't know you. How's that? I know. I know. It was, I met you when I was working at Melissa's. So it was like yes. early 2000 something. Anyway, Debbie and I have been friends and colleagues for a really long time. I wanted her to come on the podcast today because one, she has, has just worked on some really interesting projects. But other than that, I think Debbie, like most of the women, and we have a few men, but most of the women that come on Women Beyond a Certain Age have evolutionary careers. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't from one point to another. There's a long and winding road to get where you Exactly, exactly. And yours is not unique, meaning that it's been a long, hard, winding road, and yet you've succeeded. Because if I say anything to young women that want to get into food, in the olden days when you were a chef, you opened a restaurant. Do you know what I mean? And that's how you worked in the industry and people knew you. But for women, one, in our age group, there weren't even that many restaurants that were hiring women then. No kidding. I'm older than you. I'm older than you, so I'm not. But not by much. If, if women wanted to have children, families, husbands, working in a restaurant's not real conducive as we can certainly attest to all the chefs we know that are on their second and third wife. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, but what I'd like to start with is telling you this because we're going to record two podcasts with Deb. And the reason is, is because there's a whole lot of information to cover. Now I feel really old, Denise. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. It's not that, Deb. It's just, you know what? I don't mind feeling old when it comes to experience because you could not, you could not know what you know without some time passing and doing a whole lot of different things. Sure, you know sure. I mean? Oh That's yeah. Now, talk to us about this. How did you get into restaurants to begin with? Deb? How did you start out in food? Oh my gosh. I was a teenager. I was 15 and I went to work at a, a place in the mall. Um, I was a bus girl of all things. I love that. You know, and I've always been a night person. So it flowed really easily, my lifestyle into restaurant work. Got it. And then just, you know, one thing after another, what restaurant here, restaurant there, cocktail waitress, waitress, restaurant manager, chef, tired. <laughs> Yeah, that well, no, the chain of command. Yes, absolutely. Command. That's yeah. what you did. And when you and you had your own catering company at some point, didn't, didn't I had you? two? Yeah, in different times. And you had you were a personal chef for a while, also. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what prompted that? Was that to be your own boss? Um, yes. Uh, all of uh, all of the the catering and the um, personal chefing was to do, be able to work on my own time when I wanted to take what jobs I wanted. Um, you know, as a caterer, people used to ask me for my recipes all the time. And I'm thinking, what? 
<laughs> like, I'm going to give you my recipe so you don't call me and hire me. I know. Anyway, um, if we someday, and I would love to do this with a big Zoom with about 10 different people I know, and all I want it to be is catering horror stories. Oh, God. <laughs> we all have them. And actually, they're hysterical. Once you get over, you know, when a decade passes, they're yeah. funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're funny after a decade. Now, you brought it up. So I need you to touch base because it flows into so many things that you've done in your career. You were the executive chef at Melissa's Produce Company here in Los Angeles. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I was one of the, the chefs. There were four of us when I went there. Okay. And, and Chef Ida, she was actually the executive chef. Gotcha. And why did you take that job and what did you learn? Well, actually, I applied for that job. I had uh, recently lost my, my other job at the deli and I saw an ad for someone to come and do demos for Melissa's part-time in the Gelson supermarkets. That's what I applied for. And it was part-time. And that's exactly what I wanted because I wanted to continue my gardening business. Yes. I wanted to build up that end of it. So I interviewed for that and they said, you know, we really like you, but you're overqualified. Yes. So he said, he said, I'll put your, I'll put your file up front for when I need a, another chef. And he called me back six months later and they hired me full time, even though I didn't really want full time. I, I did it. And Melissa's was, was difficult because it was, you had to be there at six in the morning, you know, now, the produce runs early. Oh yeah. If people don't know, and I'm just going to say this, if you don't know Melissa's produce, Melissa's produce in Los Angeles is huge. Okay. Started out as a small company is definitely international. And also, if you, you may not have noticed, but in your grocery store, I don't care where you are, you're looking at a label, it can say Melissa's on it, whether it be raspberries or, you know, kiwi fruit. So there's a whole lot of, Melissa's has a lot of tentacles is what I always think of. Do you know what right, I mean? Right. Here in LA, they have, they have a, in, um, that city that I can't remember what city they're in, Deb. I know what Vernon. You Vernon. Because we used to. Lovely <laughs> Vernon. Lovely Vernon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But land was cheaper than Deb. Yeah. <laughs> but they have a gorgeous. Melissa has been community oriented, which is why they were looking for someone to do demos for them. And also they have a beautiful tech kitchen and they have events. Yeah all the time. Now, I don't go anymore because I live too far away. But when I was in LA, I used to love to go to their authors events or their, their how to teach people about produce. Right. And what I think is amazing. And that was one of the reasons I, Debbie has tons of things to talk about as you guys will hear. But I said to Debbie right now, everybody cares about Hatch Chili. Okay. It's Hatch Chili month. Yes. I know. Hatch Chili Month, and Melissa's has written a book on it, and you can always contact them, and our friend um, Robert Schuler, who has been in charge of handling so much of Melissa's special events for years. Is that his last name? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Robert Schuler. It's the nicest man in the world. Um, you know my mind is going, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it really is. I, my mind is going. But anyway, one of the things, so Debbie mentioned it already, and we're going to talk about that more in our next podcast. Debbie has been doing farm to table food for as long as I've known you. Okay. Always. 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 So gardening, when you mentioned gardening, and we'll talk about that, the services that you offer, because people that are listening might be able to refer something to you, who knows. But Deb, um, what, I mean, if Melissa's hadn't championed Hatch Chilies, this is my feeling, would anyone even know about them outside of New Mexico? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Because they're the number one pushers of Hatch Chilies. Because they 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 came from um, New Mexico or yeah. Texas somewhere yeah. around there, and people and what happens this month and they're all I mean I keep seeing it I like them yeah but I have never gone out and bought fifty pounds and roasted them and put them in I my know fridge. it amazes me people buy them a, a couple of cases at a time people are obsessed with it well, here's my question why. You, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, they taste good, but why is it? Do you have any? Is it just a cult thing? Is it that Melissa's has done such a good job? I mean, what is it? Well, the the flavor is different than most peppers. It's okay. they're they're smokier. They're a little deeper in flavor, and okay. I think that's what they like about them. Um, okay, and you know the grocery store, so Bristol Farms and Gelson's mostly um uh they have all kinds of products that you can food products that you can buy either fresh or frozen or from their deli that have hatched chilies in them so you get to taste them that way and then you get hooked on the hatched chili get it okay that makes perfect sense and it was when you say gelson's and bristol farms if people again from out of southern california those are the high-end markets here right. you know what I mean? that's those are higher end markets there's no doubt about it i love to shop in both of them but it's not your average rouse do you know right. what i mean that's what it comes down to okay right. so that's what when um you, you describe the flavors. That gives me some insight. All I know is people actually say to me things like, Denise, did you get some hatched chilies in your <laughs> And I think to myself, huh? I, mean, <laughs> I cook Deb every day still from when I've retired. Do you know what I mean? Because now I'm not cooking for a client or doing right. a restaurant. I'm cooking dinner for me and Kenny. And some of them are involved and some of them I start in the morning in a crock pot and some of them are a, a hamburger with some uh, blue cheese on it. Do you know what I mean? And a brioche bun that I bought. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm talking about a 12 minute dinner because I'm tired or tired for doing nothing. As I'm doing. tired of cooking for 50 years. Okay. Now I will say this, I still enjoy it for the two of us, but I have to tell you something, Deb. Sometimes after 45 years, I don't want to have a dinner party anymore. We meet at Lore and Camarillo. We go to Malibu and meet our friends at Joffrey. I don't want to cook dinner parties anymore. Right. I mean, I will, but I'm just perfectly happy to go to a restaurant. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. Now, but speaking of that, because you have taught cooking classes for so long, and this is my thing about teaching cooking classes, 
Yep. I started teaching cooking classes just as an extension of my career. Do you know what I mean? One more thing that could produce some income. Right. But what I really found by doing it was I learned more about cooking and food by teaching because you would get that one question from someone. Do you know what I mean? That you'd think, oh, oh my God, I never thought. When you heard other people's questions, it made me go deeper into subject matter. Right. I love to do research. That's yeah. one of my big, big things is research on anything and everything. And yeah. if you give if you give me a, a question like that or a project, I will research it to its death. <laughs> I swear to God, I lock myself in my office and, and just and and that started way before we had computers. So it was a lot of book learning. See, this is before computers. People don't understand. I remember recently, one of the last classes that I went to somewhere and a question came up and the young woman that was teaching said, oh, yeah, well, I found it all on the Internet. And the rest of it, the old crones in the back kind of went up because you used to actually go to libraries or go to, you oh, yeah. know, old cookbooks. I still do. Some of my cookbooks. Deb, which, by the way, and I know you have the same thing, I go to them. And then if I go on the internet, the information from that old cookbook is, I can trust it. I can't trust the information on the exactly, internet. Exactly. Okay. So you're teaching classes and you decide to publish your own cookbook. Well, I was teaching at Williams-Sonoma, mostly. And, uh, and that was after I worked all day at Melissa's. Yeah. Um, and everybody liked the quick tips that I gave them, you know, and wanted me to write a book. So what's in your pantry came about from that. And it's actually um, it's just like my cheese book. It's not a picture book. It's just a guidebook to to help you. And the what's in your pantry was published in 2009. So that was before our food was global. Yes. Uh, so it's very basic and very simple. And I'm working on a new edition of it. Wonderful. With a, a, a little help from my friends. Good. Honey, I remember when you did that. It was wonderful. And that book has sold well. And where can people get it if they want to buy one now? You can get it from my website, which okay. is debskitchen.com. Okay. Anything then, I do is on my website. Excellent. That Excellent. One from that, Deb, because this is where, what other cookbooks have you worked on for your clients? Uh, mostly I've done uh, spaghettini books, um, spaghettini restaurant, which is a um, institution. Uh, yeah, it's a high-end uh, Southern Italian, uh, but they, it, 30, I think it was 35 years ago, they incorporated jazz music. And it has grown since then. So they have uh, music almost every single night. They have a they remodeled and did a theater uh, in their lounge, and you can buy tickets to go and have dinner and watch the show. And you know, there's people like uh, Dave Cause they've gotten involved what? with. The Wave does a Sunday brunch there every every week. Um, you know, Pancho Sh Sanchez uh, plays there all the time. Um, so we've worked on two books together, and our latest one is Spaghettini at Home, and it's a really unique book. 
Uh, you can't even call it a cookbook. They are, um, each chapter is, uh, is one particular musician and they've chosen their favorite appetizers, cocktails, dinners. Uh, and then there's a QR code on the bottom of the page. So you can, you can get the link from the QR code and download their music so that if you want to have a dinner party at home, hence spaghettini at home, you bring spaghettini into your home, you play the same kind of music that they're playing and you make the recipes from that artist's favorite menu. That's very clever and very fun. It really is. It's a really beautiful, beautiful book as well. When they approached you, Deb, because I know you've worked for them on two, tell, can you tell us what services did you do for them? Well, I started with them when they opened a gourmet deli in Long Beach uh, in 1999. We were way ahead of our time. I was uh, just going to say that. My oh, God. yeah. We had food to go. Uh, you know, what were they called? Hot ready meals or yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, and the we had high-end olive oils and vinegars and specialty food products. So I was there. Um, I started off as the kitchen manager and worked into executive chef and then general manager. Gotcha. Uh, and the thing that killed us was 9-11. You know, <gasps> it killed a lot of people. Oh, of course. So, you know, after that, we just kind of stayed in touch. I did little things for them here and there. Um, some catering, you know, I would do on-site cooking for the restaurant. Uh, and we just kept, we were friends over the years. And it's been, I don't know, 25 years, something See, like this, that. Again, and this is a testament. I always say this, Deb, and to people, if we get young women that listen to us. I'm always amazed when Cindy gives me that, you know, the chart of the age groups. There are young women listening to us, and I think, why? And then I realize, because there is wisdom in surviving 30 years or 40 years or 50 years in your career choice. And when you say that, Deb, see, I say this to young people all the time, and you, you're proof of it. Melissa's, Spaghettini, the customers, your clients, you keep changing uh, jobs with them, but they keep hiring you. Do you see what I'm right. saying? Yeah. It's a huge expanse. So I, once in a while, I have young women that work at certain things. They don't want to work there anymore. Let's say it's a big publishing company. They hate it. Do you know what I mean? Right. And they call me and they hate it. And I say to them, whatever you do, leave that place on the best terms that you can, you know, don't go in and light your boss's desk on fire. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing that I've learned over all of the years is thank you. don't burn your bridges. Thank you. So, and they go, why? I go, because that boss can be your company that you're working for, even though they're difficult, that can turn into be as you freelance or move on to own your own company to run your own ship. They could be your first client. Absolutely. And you know what? Because you've already built the trust. You've already, they already respect you. They know, they already like you. They already know you're, you know, I always say to people, when people, I had a call recently, Deb, and this was 
this man called me for a TV show. I've been working for him for 20 years, okay, but a very successful producer in LA. Now I'm not going to take the show. And I don't know if it, now this writer's strike has happened because it's too much work. Do you know what I mean? Sure. But the thing that was amazing about it is he could remember, this is 20 years ago. This guy, I don't know how many shows he's done since then. A hundred? You know what I mean? Yeah. He could remember instances that went wrong on the set and that I solved the problem. And as he was saying it to me, I thought, wow, you know what I mean? And he, but he has, he doesn't usually do food shows. So in my mind, I thought to myself, well, that was a good relationship. You know what I mean? Even though when he first called me, I want you to know I was cringing. <laughs> and he like said to me, let's FaceTime and I Oh, no, I don't want you to see my face. You know <laughs> but the idea was, yes, that's what you're working for with any any client is long term because loyalty, even though I think loyalty has become less important because of social media. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. social media, the, meaning the corporations and companies are just looking for more likes. But in reality, I see all that swing back a little bit because the results have to be there. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and I've had clients call me and just say, you know, that campaign didn't go very well. And of course, I don't say to them, well, I could have told you that. I say, <laughs> you mean the child that you hired that knew absolutely nothing <laughs> about her? Really? That, but I digress. Deb, I'm now I'm sounding like the bitter old crone that I am. But I think your career is proof positive of the long run. And that's really important. You know, I mean, some of the times when people ask me about their careers now, I say to them, can you see, are you motivated enough to do this for the next 30 years, even if you don't make a lot of money or just enough money or some years you make a lot of money, some years you don't. And when it's real quiet on the other end, I think, okay, well, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Right. And I And I don't think that the younger people think that way today, though. I don't, I know? don't know why, but the, I agree with you. There, It's just, but I'll tell you in business, they're still hitting the long goal. You know what I mean? I mean, right. corporate can't make quick changes. They can't. We're proof positive of that. Now, we're going to... Um, this was the other thing I wanted to ask you, Deb. How did you learn so much about gardening? That Just, you know, I started as as working with my grandmother in in the garden when I was a child. And that and she's the one who got me into cooking as well. Oh. And I had the opportunity. So I always had like uh, we're in a condo, so I always had pots of of flowers and herbs and and stuff like that on my porch but um many years ago like i think i've had my garden now for 30 years there was an ad in the paper for community gardens and they were like 20 dollars a year back then and all they did was give you the land and the water and so i got one garden and then i i got the one next to that a couple of years later so i have a huge vegetable and now cut flower garden. I'm growing cut flowers for the first time. And is that in Seal Beach? Is that close to where you live? It's five minutes from my house. Yeah. So 
it's it's great I, I and it's you know what you get you get out there with all the plants um and it's just oxygen to yes. your brain you know now do and other people in the do you have neighbors or people my, the garden some of my some of my friends a couple of my friends come over once in a while but mostly it's just me and I, and I take Frank with me when I need some muscle. I can't believe it. That's amazing to me. And do you eat all the vegetables? Can you give the vegetables away? Do you oh, sell? I do. I give them to all my neighbors. Like this year, for some particular reason, I'm having a bumper crop of tomatoes. They were late ripening. But, okay. I, you know, every time I go over there, I pick, I don't know, three gallons, four gallons. And so I've been freezing them. I give them to my neighbors. At, at least tomatoes, people don't go running from you. But, you know, when you grow zucchini, that's a different story. Okay. Then they don't answer the door and you just leave these zucchinis on the doorstep. <laughs> now, I have to tell you the reason you say that. Cindy, when she was still in, uh, when she was living in L.A. with a roommate, Ed, her roommate, Ed, they put in beautiful beds like you have talked to me about with the garden uh -huh. and uh they were beautiful and cindy did all the work um and they got very nice vegetables some some very nice vegetables i have never put it and people would come from home and when i was working home and garden tv they would come to my house in la and they'd say god this is a big yard we should be doing a and they were going to pay for it Okay, a raised vegetable garden and stuff and come back. So they would film it at different things. I said, you know, I don't think, well, two people, I, I bear, I have to, we eat green beans and asparagus like every night, Deb. I'm not kidding you. And a, sal a salad, the nights we don't eat that. Because those are the vegetables my husband likes, okay? He lived in a cult commune when he was a young man. <laughs> His job was to raise zucchini. Okay. <laughs> now, so what you're saying is this. Kenny wouldn't eat zucchini if yeah. he was in jail for 20 days with, with only water. Right. I, I love zucchini. I'm Italian. I grew up on zucchini. My mother stuffed zucchini. We sauteed zucchini. But I, I've, I've given up. He'll eat a little broccoli. I only cook vegetables that he's going to eat because otherwise I'm wasting them. Do you know what right. I, mean? I mean? Yeah, of course. That's, oh, I know what you mean. People see zucchinis and they sound, they're prejudiced against zucchinis. Oh, now, yeah. Penny said to me, I would like to grow tomatoes one year. I said, okay. We had the shaded area in my old house and stuff. So I bought several long, small ones just small but we were just concentrating on tomatoes i need you to know something i think i spent i don't know two hundred dollars three hundred dollars we got one tomato dip and, <laughs> and it was the saddest little tomato i've ever seen and after that i gave up my gardening okay so that, <laughs> that is not my legacy I can grow orchids and succulents. That's what I'm good at, but no. So I I absolutely, I can't believe you run those big gardens all by yourself and take Frank if you need it, but you that you have all those vegetables. That's fantastic. Well, you know, I've added cut flowers this year because I, I used the vegetables also in the cooking classes or right. in my caterings. Um, so all the vegetables 
really went to good use. Yes. But now it's just the two of us and I don't do that kind of work anymore. So I have, a, you know, an abundance of vegetables and I started growing flowers. Well, I actually started growing some flowers for my botanicals a few years back and just pretty flowers like Cosmos so to, to cut and bring home and put in a vase. And then I got into dahlias. And from from there, I'm into ranunculas and all different kinds of cut flowers. How gorgeous. Cut flowers are huge right now. Yeah. How it's gorgeous. All the rage. All the rage. Yeah. Well, Debbie, I have to tell you, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. We are going to call you again and have a, and do podcast number two, because I want to talk about the other things that you have done that I know will be of interest to people. I wanna thank you for everything today, for your time. We're gonna pick back up and do podcast number two. Um, I know how valuable your time is and it was really gracious of you to do this today. If people wanna contact Chef Debbie, as people that follow us know, you go to our Woman Beyond a Certain Age Facebook page. Cindy will put up information about Debbie, pictures of Debbie, um, her website so you can contact her. And um, that's it. If you want to contact Cindy or I, Cindy or me, hmm, doesn't, not sure. <laughs> if you want to contact either of us, it is womenbeyond at icloud.com and we love to hear from people people are very it's very interesting the messages we get um it's interesting there's all sorts of people listening to all sorts of things and sometimes people say that was the best podcast you ever did and we Cindy and I look at each other and go really or sometimes they'll say you know you didn't say enough about her website or you and I feel like saying well all right then <laughs> Take me to task. People can be critical, can they not? Oh my God. You know what? <laughs> this is my feeling. It's free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deb, thank you so much. As always, thanks Cindy for keeping the um, train on the tracks because she really does. Without her, it would not happen. And Deb, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Well, thanks to both of you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you.